Hey, we are back with another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. Listen, I hope you guys are truly enjoying these episodes. I'm enjoying recording these episodes. Thank you to all my listeners out there who have been subscribing, who have been downloading, who have been liking and sharing, been telling their friends about it. I truly appreciate you guys, seriously, from the bottom of my heart. And thank you to all the feedback that you guys have been bringing to me. This has been so helpful in making sure that I provide the content that you guys want to hear. And so on today's episode, I am excited about this episode because I get to chop it up with my girl, my writing bestie, my business bestie, visionary author, extraordinaire, book coach extraordinaire, the CEO wife herself, Miss Tamara Mitchell Davis. But I'm not going to spoil this episode for you guys. I want you to tune in and listen and get these nuggets. I will talk with you guys soon. One. So on today's podcast episode, I am sitting down with my girl, my writing bestie, business bestie, visionary author extraordinaire, book coach extraordinaire, Tamara Mitchell Davis. How are you doing today, girl? Woo, woo, woo. (laughs) I am doing well. Thank you. I am happy to be here with you, Leah. Thank you for the warm introduction. What's going on? Nothing, girl. What's up with what's up with you? Tell the people a little bit about yourself and what you do. So a little bit about me. I am a wife and a mom. I like to share that because you know the, the hustle and bustle is real with managing it all. But I am also a visionary author. So I help women write and publish their stories. Um, so I am also a published author, having published uh, two books of my own and also anthology book collaborations. So I am excited about that. Um, In addition, um, that's one arm of the business. We've also built out, you know, other inspirational merchandise to connect with the writer, the individual, um, and all things writing and publishing. I love it. I love it. And so before we get into kind of some more details about what you do, how you do it, how you got started, I have a question that I want to ask all my experts when they come join me is what does it mean to be a queen that thrives when you think of that what does that mean to you so i think it's um an individual journey and so just hearing the word thrive and um you know knowing the climate that we're in right now i think it's whatever you set your heart to do whatever you set your mind to do just being diligent and consistent in that area so that you are able to thrive and rise up and boss up and level up and all the ups um, as you see fit. Um, And so I often get the question also like about success and, you know, what does that mean? And again, it's an individual um, defined term because my definition of thrive could be different from yours. Um, But again, going back to the whole, you know, leveling up, bossing up, just being you showing up and whatever it is that you set out to do. I love that. I love that. I think definitely showing up is so important um, and, and exactly in whatever you choose to do. So whether that's being a book uh, writer, coach, whatever your lane is, just make sure you show up as the boss that you are. Right. And so I want to ask you, so how did you get into um, being a book coach, being a visionary author? Like how did, what did you feel was missing on your authorship journey that said, you know what, I need to start this business? So um, that's a great question. Um, I tell, you know, those I work with and, and even um, 
just, I put it out there, like my book started my business. And so it was created from a place of need, what I needed when I started out. And so it took me years to write and publish my first book because I struggled with some of the same, you know, emotions and, um, you know, things that pretty much everyone struggles with at some point in time. Who would want to read my story? Do I have what it takes? Um, you know, just doubting yourself. And I remember going through um, my own journey of trying to get it out, trying to birth this book and, um, you know, dealing with the emotions, not having the support, not knowing where to go to, you know, tap into other resources. That was a need for me. And I said, you know what, if that's a need for me, I'm sure it's a need for others. And so that's how uh, the writer's community was established. Um, once I published the first book, I went on to publish another book. I went on to start the business and realized that it was a need. And so when you hear, you know, people say, you know, what's the need? What does your, what does your audience need? Or, you know, what's the need of the people or what problem can you solve? I had to look um, internally or retrospectively to see, you know, what is it? What was the need? What did I need? And that's what, you know, how it was created and formed. I love that. I love that you mentioned um, fear and doubt because I believe that, you know, and we're both published authors. So I believe that that can cripple us, um, especially when we're trying to navigate into new spaces and new lanes. Um, because like you said, you will think who's going to read my story or is my story or my experience in, um, valuable enough to be told. And so how, how did fear and doubt play a role outside of do I tell my story, but just expanding your business, period? Well, writing the book was one thing. Um, and of course, going back to do I have what it takes? What, you know, is my story impactful? you know, will it be received? And then starting the business, some of the same thing, like, will it be received? You, you wonder, you have those questions and you have some of those wonderings um, as to the outcome because you're, you're not sure. And if it's your first time doing it, it's like you're venturing into unknown territory. So you don't know what it's like. You don't know, you know, what's, what's the, out, the outcome, what's the results. You don't even know what to expect. Um, and so it's like filling your way in the dark. And so, you know, with, that understanding from the book side, I said, you know what, going into the business, having some of those same emotions show up. If I created the book, you know, was able to, to publish the book or, you know, multiple books and book projects, then it's just doing the same thing with the business. And that's doing it even if it's, you know, in fear or doing it even if you're questioning yourself. Because the thing about it, you can always have those questions and wonderings and, and they'll just keep you spinning your wheels. But it's not until you actually take that step to figure out, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure this out that you can learn as you go. And it is okay. And it's not to say that it will be, you know, file proof, no mistakes will be made. You know, everything will go off, you know, with no problems at all. It's not to say that, but at least when you take the step, you are making strides or attempting to make strides in the area that you want to go other than just sitting on your hands and not doing anything because you've been crippled with the fear or you've been stuck in the place of doubt. And so just take the step. Like some things you can start with what you already know. And then some things you just have to learn, research and understand the rest. But definitely starting and venturing outside of what is known for you is definitely 
um, worth doing. That's the only way you'll know um, what it feels like on the other side, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because I, I always say do it afraid, right? Mm. Um, I, I will say that as an author who has published six, almost seven books, every time I get ready to release a book, I'm terrified. And you know this because we have those conversations like mm -hmm. I will be ready to pull my hair out, tell myself I'm not going to do it because especially as nonfiction authors, you're sharing a vulnerable part of your life. You're sharing parts of you that most people probably don't even know. So of course the fear comes in, but I, I think that's when you do it afraid, like mm -hmm. fear and all take the step, like you said, because you're not going to know what's on the other side of it until you do that. So right. I love that. I love that. So I, I want to shift gears a little bit because 2020 was like the year of no other, right? Mm. Um, and, and we both have talked about this, like this being the year of the pivot, like having to learn how to shift and pivot in more ways than one. So I want to talk about that. Like, how did you have to pivot like personally, but also like in your business in 2020? Well, I guess I can officially call myself the pivot queen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and I'm laughing about it now, but, um, definitely, you know, having several projects underway, um, working with clients, um, building out some, you know, new frameworks to the business and then, you know, the pandemic happened. And so definitely had to change the way of working, the normal way of working, being in person. And, you know, at one point, like we felt that that was the only way to make that connection being in person and facilitating workshops in person, et cetera. But, you know, now it's like we've ventured into a whole nother world. Like we we got creative with how we show up um, virtually. We have some new and innovative ideas on what we do with the business and how we reach our audience. And so I've pivoted in several ways. Um, I've had to um, postpone the live conference and, and bring it to a virtual platform. Um, and with that, we were able to do multiples of that in the year. Um, some things that, you know, clients were working on that I was assisting them with, we had to pivot from that. Um, it did not delay anything, but we did have to shift our way of thinking, shift our way of approach and shift um, how we were doing things um, based on where we started. So um, what it did build is the um, of course, the resiliency and understanding and knowing that uh, anything is possible. <laughs> um, there, there's a creative side to all of us. We just have to tap into it. And sometimes you don't know what's possible until you're forced to figure out the possible. And so that's why I said the queen of pivot, you know, is, is multiple things that had to shift, um, but we still moved and that was key. And so um, I just think that in, in the climate that we're in now, you just see so many people shifting and pivoting based on things that were outside of our control. And so I'm sure most can relate to that um, and say that it definitely added some new spice to what they were doing because either you showed up or you didn't. Either you made money or you didn't. Either you connected with your audience or you didn't. And it wasn't always um, in person, it was, you know, through virtual means. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that you coined yourself the queen of the pivot. Cause it, it, it was oh, I just made that up. I just <laughs> made that up right now. See, that's the pivot. You ask me, I'm going, I'm going to come up with something. <laughs> 
that's the creativity, right? <laughs> um, I love that though. But so my, my follow-up question to that is, so in the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things that we kept hearing was like this need or this pressure to produce. Like mm -hmm. people were just talking all about, oh, you know, it's two different types of people in this pandemic. Either you're going to do something or you're not going to do something. Did you ever feel like, that pressure was like, did you ever feel that pressure to produce or were you kind of like, you know what, I'm gonna stay in my lane. And if I do something, I do something. If I don't, I don't. So I think, um, I think the pressure is there regardless. Um, like I, I could say, like I'm, I'm highly driven, ambitious, um, motivation. You got to find that motivation from within because it may not always come from other people or outside sources. So I think that um, just being able to, again, show up and figure things out and move and just do things that that could be outside of your comfort zone. Um, I, I There were times when I considered like, should I, should I not? But I think it comes with the territory. I think it's not a, like, because of the pandemic that's you know, something that is questionable. I think that's always a concern, especially in entrepreneurship, because it's always that unknown. Like, you don't know, is this right? Is this wrong? Let me try it out. Let me test it. Let me see. Um, so I think that's something that's always there is just how we move while it's there. So I wouldn't attribute it to necessarily to, you know, the climate that we're in right now. I think it's just a part of the territory overall. I agree with that. I, I definitely do. Um, oh, and if I question, I'm sorry, if I question, you know, things that I, of course, of course I questioned it. Um, there were some things that I had to put on ice, put on pause. There were some things that I had to do differently. There were some things that I had to just cut. There was, some, but I think again, it all comes with the territory. You just have to figure out what's working for you, what you need to do. And of course, plan accordingly and planning isn't just you know planning for today but it's also forward thinking um and being the visionary to think about okay what's the next few months what's the next year like i know already um what i am expecting for the year and it's not again just about tomorrow but it's being that visionary and being forward thinking saying hey this is a plan but you know understanding that should something happen it may cause for a shift or a pivot because of, you know, some things just happen outside of our control. Yeah, I think planning and strategizing is very key in business. Um, but then, like you said, just being okay with if there's a pivot, if there's a shift. I, I often think about the saying that says, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans, right? Mm. Because we, we have one way of seeing it. He has a whole other way of seeing it. Um, and so just being okay with you know, having to make the turn, having to, to go a different route if your plan is not the way you want it. Um, and and it, I think it requires you to relinquish control in a sense and mm -hmm. understand that, okay, this is what I have in mind, but if that doesn't work, then I'm okay with trying something else as long as I get to the end result or the end goal, whichever that is. And it's something you said there too, the, the control piece. Like sometimes relinquishing that control is tough. <laughs> it's Girl, difficult you, you know we know one thing one thing we've seen like things happen outside of our control we have no control over some things and I think that was a reality check for many and I can't even speak for everyone else that's that was a reality check for me like 
some things are just out of our control. So either you're going to roll with it or you're going to get rolled over. So <laughs> <laughs> that part, <laughs> I love it. So my other question is looking back, what is one thing you would do differently? Whether it's in business, whether it's personally, like what's that one thing that you're like, mm, that really did not serve me well. I would change that. One thing I would do differently. Hmm. One thing I would do differently. Um, I'm I'm a head thinker. Like I'm always in my head, always in my head. So I think if it's one thing that I would do differently, um, I would. Some things it just calls for you to act, um, and of course, thinking while acting. But sometimes you can just be in your head so much that you don't move that you don't think. So um, I try not to live in regret to say, oh, if I knew what I knew then now and all of that, because that'll send you down a whole nother rabbit hole. Um, so I would just say like, maybe just moving and acting on some things um, more quickly um, than before. But now I know. <laughs> so, you know, when you know better, you do better. Um, so that, that would be the only thing I would, I would say. I love that. Yeah, sometimes we hesitate. And, mm -hmm. and I think the hesitation just comes with like what we've been talking about, the fear, the doubt, mm -hmm. the not knowing what work, to say. Right. Yeah. Yep, yep. yep. So I, agree. I love that. So what advice would you give someone who wants to do what you're doing? Either start writing a book, start a business, like what advice would you give someone, but they're they're terrified to do it? I would say, um, of course, you said it already, like do it afraid, right? Um, but I want to say also to, um, to so we, we, we operate from fear and doubt because of things that we may have dealt with in our past. Um, maybe it's things that we're currently dealing with around, you know, confidence or, you know, self-esteem or just where we are in the industry or in our home or, you know, at work, whatever the case may be, right? And so um, automatically, I would tell someone, like, start with what you know. So the idea is I want to write a book. I want to share my story. That's been in you for some time. It's you, you started, you stopped several times. And for some reason, it, like you can't talk yourself into it. Like, come on, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Because we're unsure. We're afraid of, you know, who's going to read my story? Who's going to um, support me? Can I purchase? Can I sell a book? Um, will someone purchase? Like we go again down this rabbit hole and we start thinking all of these thoughts that still drum up the drum and the fear and it, it escalates like it's, it's just like pouring pouring gasoline or, you know, just it, it, it just instead of it um, quoting the like getting rid of the flames it's like we ignite it even more and we shine a light on it even more the doubt the fear and we don't move. So I always say, start with what you know, right? Especially my space is nonfiction. So, you know, the women I work with uh, tell stories from a place of experience. Um, they want to share out about, you know, things that they've um, dealt with, they overcame, et cetera, um, whether it's, you know, personal experience or even business experience. At the end of the day, it's their experience. So start with what you know. You know what you know. And so if you're having any hesitancy and, how do I start writing? Start with what you know. 
If you're having, having any hesitancy after you started and stopped again, over and over again, start with what you know. Because once you start writing and you start building up that rhythm and that momentum and a routine with writing, then hopefully it will show you that I'm on the path, like I'm getting it done. You have that sense of accomplishment. Like you can start seeing it, visualizing that this is coming to life, that this is taking shape, it's taking form. And so start with what you know. Then you can figure out the rest. Research, do you know your own due diligence, check things out, have a focus group, like whatever you need to do to get the rest of the information, but at least you've already started. So the starting part gives you the foundation. The starting part gets you moving. The starting part gets you writing. And it's in doing it in spite of the fear, in spite of the doubt. Because at the end of the day, if you decide that, you know, I'm going to move forward, I'm going to publish this book, you already have it written. If you decide down the road, well, I don't know if I want to release what's in chapter eight. Okay, but it's already written. Don't release what's in chapter eight. Like you have that control over it. And I think sometimes, again, going back to, to the control, the, the control that you mentioned, we have control over the stories that we share. Mm-hmm. So share what you want to share. And, and it's totally up to you, but you have to start. And in order for you to start, then you have to begin. In order for you to begin, you have to put words on paper. When you put the words on paper, and, and I, I sent this out a while ago, um, you know, how words turn into sentences, sentences turn into paragraphs. Like we've all probably seen that quote before that's been circulating, but you have to start from somewhere. If you don't start, then guess what? It's the shoulda, woulda, coulda, didn't. Uh, shout out to my girl, Erica. It's the shoulda, woulda, coulda, didn't. Um, and that that's what keeps you questioning things. And it keeps you living in the place of regret because it's like, I've been trying to do this for like two years, five years, 10 years, and I can't get it done. Well, why not? Like, that's the question. Why not? Is it fear? Is it doubt? Is it imposter syndrome? Is it, you know, other things that you're dealing with? Do you not have the time? What are your concerns? What's going on? Because at the end of the day, if you want to write your story, if you want to share your story, you have to start writing. So long story short. <laughs> look, this was this Sorry. is good. I'm like, Tamara, you look dropping all the jewels. You gotta start somewhere. Absolutely. And and again, it's your experience. And a lot of times we discredit our experience because we're like, oh well, you know, I've heard it before, it's been said before. Okay, but it hasn't been said by you. It hasn't been written by you. It hasn't been told by you. It hasn't been shared in your words. It hasn't been put out there by you. So it's not by, it's been told before, maybe, maybe not, but it's not your story. All stories are unique. All voices are unique. We can get on the same platform and read from the exact same material, but the delivery is different because you are you and I am me. And so it's your story. It's your experience. Stop holding on to it. Stop coddling it. If you want to share your story, if you want to write, if you want to impact others with your story, then write your story and start, just start writing and the rest will follow. Love it. Love it. You heard her ladies, start writing, stop coddling it and just start writing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so before we go, I have to ask what you got coming up next. What's, what, what are you working on now? So, yes. Yeah. So um, the business, the business um, is thriving. Hey, shout out. Hey. 
And so um, on the horizon, we have our next um, book collaboration project. So we're in the process of selecting women to join us for the upcoming book collaboration project. Um, so that will be um, starting soon. Um, we have the Pen to Profit um, Ultimate Writers Conference that is starting or coming up in April, um, which will be a hybrid form. So again, due to the pandemic, um, we'll have, it's a live event, but part of it will be um, virtual because you know everyone won't be able to convene in one space. So the Pen to Profit Conference is April 16th and 17th, 2021 um, in Windsor Locks, Connecticut. So more details will be circling about that. Um, and I am also working on my solo book project. I'm, I'm holding myself accountable right now um, because I've started last year, I wanna say last year, November um, is when I started writing. And so for me, it's just being consistent, showing up. And again, the same advice I am sharing with everyone else is applicable to me. I just mm -hmm. start from what I know, share what I know, um, and, and just get in a rhythm and routine of writing and scheduling to the time to write and making sure like this is what I want to do. And so if it's what I want to do, I said it to myself. I've said it to you, Leah. I've said it to others openly. And now I'm, I'm putting it really out. I'm like it's, it's out here now, like out here, out here now. You know, that's what I have to do. So it's being intentional and consistent with writing and showing up so that I can see everything that I'm doing come to pass. And that's oh, it. I love it. So how do how do we connect with you? Where can they find you, T? Sure. So on Facebook, it's the CEO Wife. Um, on Instagram, it is the CEO Wife 860. Um, the website is www.theceowife.com. Um, again, I am a wife, a mom, entrepreneur, and uh, administrator, like wearer of many hats. Um, but what I love doing is helping women write and publish their stories because I realize it's more than just writing and publishing our stories. Like we're leaving legacies, we're we're creating our own history, and we're we're achieving our goals and and you know bossing up, leveling up, thriving all at the same time. And it's not easy when you're trying to you know manage multiple things and juggle multiple things. But if it's a desire of yours to do that, then I encourage you to pursue your dreams, your goals with all the energy that you have um, because life is no rehearsal. So we gotta make it count while we're here. So that's what's going on with me. That's where you can find me. I would love to connect. Oh, and also I have a podcast too. I forgot about that. Uh, the CEO Wife Experience Podcast. So, you know, on the, on the show you hear all things writing and publishing too. We cover topics on self-care and personal development, again, to further enrich, empower, impact the lives of others. So um, that's what's going on with me. I love it. Well, sis, you know, I so appreciate you joining me on this episode. You definitely, definitely left a lot of jewels and gems for the ladies out there. So I know they will appreciate it. Um, I will, for all my listeners out there, I will have her information in the show notes. So definitely check that out uh, and connect with her. Like, let's get these books written and published in 2021. And so, sis, I love you. Appreciate Thank you. So you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Leah. And I wish you all the best. And you've heard it here on Thrive Queen. Queen Thrive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Until next time, ladies.
Wow. We just had another amazing episode. Shout out once again to my girl, Tamara Mitchell Davis, for dropping all those jewels and all those gems. Um, But you know, I cannot end this episode, y'all, without my weekly Thriver Nuggets. It just would not be a Hey Queen Thrive episode without it. So for this episode, I want to talk a little bit about changing the narrative of your life. Um, and what that means and how we can actually do it. And so a little backstory. I decided on this topic because as a mental health clinician, but also as an author and as a book clarity coach, I work with women all over the place that um, struggle with really telling their stories, right? Like even just writing a book about their story. And the reason why they have these struggles is because they let fear and doubt um, crippled them. But then most importantly, they are afraid of what everybody else will say. They are afraid of what everybody else will think. And so they hold these stories in that really need to be told, right? Um, because of that. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about changing the narrative, right? And, th- and, and I'll say this before I get into the Thriver Nuggets, is that the beautiful thing about changing the narrative of your life is that you can control the narrative, right? You get to pick and choose what parts of your story, what parts of your life you want to share with the world or don't want to share with the world. And so that's why I want to talk about this topic. And so Tony Robbins says, change your story, change your life. Divorce the story of limitation and marry the story of the truth and everything changes. I absolutely love that quote. Shout out to Tony Robbins. Um, I love that quote because when I really think about how our lives change, it really does start with the stories we tell ourselves, right? It really does start with um, what we choose to get rid of, like our past failures and our past mistakes and and our past relationships. like, And then it starts with embracing what our truth is, which is, yes, I have a past, but my past doesn't define me, right? Yes, I've made some mistakes, but those mistakes doesn't define me. And so I really, truly love that quote. And so let's jump right into my Thriver Nuggets. And so <laughs> it is the stories, it is the stories that we remember and the stories that we retell ourselves that shape our personality, okay? Let me say that again. It is the stories that we remember and the stories that we retell that shape our personality. So what does that mean? When we say those things like, I am who I am, this is who I am, what we're essentially saying is that because of the stories that I'm telling myself, because of the story that I'm choosing to remember, it has shaped me, right? It has shaped my personality. It has made me who I am. And whether you like it or not, this is who I am, right? But what we forget is that that same narrative, right? also impacts our relationships. So for us, for those of you out there who struggle to have relationships like myself, who struggle to connect with females, who struggle to connect with men, who struggle to connect with people, period, it is because of the stories that we are telling ourselves, right? It is, that story is shaping not only the personality, but it's shaping our relationships and it shapes how we show up in them. So if you know my backstory, you know that I am the daughter of two addicts, right? So you can only imagine growing up, feeling abandoned, feeling unworthy, feeling like I wasn't good enough, feeling like I was the reason why my parents had the lifestyle that they had and how that narrative, 
played out in my relationships. So I was the young girl who struggled to connect with people, struggled to build friendships, struggled to get along with people, struggled with trusting people because of that narrative. And so I want us to begin to be aware of the narrative and the stories we tell and how it shows up in our lives, not only in our personality, but also in our relationships, right? And so how do we even begin to do this? How do we begin to change the narrative of our lives in order to change our story? Well, first it starts with becoming aware of the language you use. Okay. So my Bishop Ronald L. Gavi of the River Church of Durham, shout out to him, used to always say, can't is a cuss word. Anytime you say, I can't do something, you are really cursing yourself, right? He used to always say that. And as I get gotten older, I truly understand that, right? Because it's not that you can't do anything. You can do all things. First of all, the Bible says that you can do all things through Christ, right? And so when we watch our language, when we watch the things that we say, that helps us to begin to change the narrative. And so some of the things you want to ask yourself when you're thinking about your language is, are those cognitive distortions showing up every time you are faced with a situation? And so if you were listen to the premiere episode and the bonus episode of Hey Queen Thrive, you know we talked a little bit about cognitive distortions in those episodes. But ask yourself, are those cognitive distortions rising up to the surface when you are faced with a struggle? The other thing you want to ask yourself is, are you feeding, are you feeding those negative beliefs subconsciously? Like, are you really replaying the story in your head? Are you really replaying those cognitive distortions? Are you replaying that story that says, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough? Are you replaying those things, right? The other thing you want to do is practice reframing the words that you are using. And you can practice that either internally, right? Like say it to yourself or out loud, whichever one works for you. But you want to get in the habit of reframing the words that you use. So instead of saying stuff like something bad happened to me, start saying things like something happened for me. Because here's the reality, whether it's good, bad, ugly, or or indifferent, it didn't happen to you. It happened for you. And the for you part is that it helped. It happened so that you can grow, that you can develop, that you can become better, right? And I know that's hard to, to believe when you're in the midst of the struggle, when you are in the midst of the storm. And I get it because I've been there. But when you really begin to make this shift in the way you see life, in the way that you tell the story of your life, you will begin to start to say to yourself that, you know what, every good thing, every bad thing, every indifferent thing that I've ever experienced happened for my good. <laughs> Not because God was trying to punish me or or uh, God wanted something bad to happen to me or I was in the wrong, but it was to develop me. It was to grow me. It was to make things better. So change the way you say these things. Number two, shift your focus from the past to present and future, right? So one of my favorite quotes, and I remember hearing this quote when I was in grad school, one of my uh, colleagues at the time said, be where your feet are. And I used to say, be where your feet are. Like, that don't even make no sense. But as I got older, I realized that the power in that statement is be present, be where you are in the moment. Stop focusing on past things. Stop focusing on what happened in 2020 or what happened in 2019. Focus on present. 
Focus on 2021 and what's to come, right? So sometimes you have to learn how to shift your focus from what's been to what is and focus there. Um, Because you have to remember that what you choose to focus on will lead to manifestation. So if you focus on the negative, what are you going to continue to manifest? Negative. But if you focus on the positive, you will begin to manifest more positivity in your life, okay? Remember, you attract what you you speak. Your energy will begin to shift um, when you start to focus on the things in the present tense and in the future versus focusing on the things that are behind you, okay? And then another thing you can do to begin to change the narrative of your life is write a new story, like literally write a new story, grab a piece of paper and a pen and really write a new story. Change your narrative, write a story that is full of hope and dreams and, and desires and wants and expectations for your life. Don't just focus on all the what it should have could is, but really change the story. Okay. Put your past behind you and create a life that you really want. And then lastly, I would say, be open to support, y'all. We know that changing your narrative or change in general is not going to happen overnight. So you want to stay encouraged. You want to know that you do got this and you want to lean on your support system during this time. And so I'm going to wrap up my Thriver Nuggets for this week. And I want to leave you with two questions. And the first question is, is the story that you are telling yourself servicing you? Like, is it really serving you? The story that you keep repeating over and over again, is it really serving you? And the next question is, is this the story you want to tell? Again, when changing your narrative, when controlling your narrative, you get to choose. You get to decide. You get to pick and choose which story or parts of your story you choose to share, right? So ask yourself, is this really servicing me the way that I tell myself it is? And and is this the story I want to tell? You get to decide. And so again, y'all, this has been another great episode of Hey Queen Thrive with your host, Leah M. Forney. I truly appreciate you guys. I enjoyed this episode. Tune in again next week for another power-packed episode like we always do. And so I love you guys. Be safe out there and be blessed.